Welcome, everybody, to All About HR. I cannot believe it. I am at Season 3, Episode 1. I started this out without many goals other than to curate conversations, and I didn't know if people would talk to me. I didn't know if people would listen. I didn't know if I would learn anything. And here we are recording Episode 25, Season 3, starting out the year 2023, I could not be happier. The, wor- the world is aligning for us here at All About HR. And one of the things that's most aligned is our guest today. I, 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 I'm just, I, hopefully you can hear it in my voice. I'm over the moon here. John Thurman is going to be our guest today to kick off this season. John is everybody's favorite podcast host. He's a podcaster, an HR leader. He hosts the HR Social Hour Chat. He's a master community builder. He is one of the major reasons you're listening to me right now. And if you've listened to my show, you've probably seen I've modeled a lot of what I do after what John and Wendy have done on their phenomenal show, HR Social Hour Half Hour. I'm super excited to welcome John Thurman to All About HR. I appreciate you having me. Congratulations. 25 is a big number. Most shows make it to 10, so you've already doubled two and a half times better. So congrats and, and thank you for that. It is uh, very humbling to hear, always hear nice things about what, what Wendy and I were doing. And I'm really glad that you decided to launch this thing because I, I think you're doing great work. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, it's interesting when I hear people say the word work because I look at this purely as enjoyment, as sharing knowledge, as community building, as meeting people, as learning about HR, which I guess is all work, but... How about we call it content? You're creating great content. How about that? <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, I, I guess it's work, but I, I guess that's the kind of work you want to do, right? You Absolutely. Know, it's, uh, Absolutely. Do something you love. You never work a day in your life kind of thing. I've heard that before, yeah. We all do know it is work, though, because as much as I say it, these conversations aren't work, but you know, a lot of what goes into these podcasts is work, and I just got done listening to episode 250, and I know it – actually, let me pause there – I see you list 318 shows, but you're at episode 250. How's that work? Are there side episodes, mini episodes? What's what's the delta? Sure. So when we launched the HR Social Hour Half Hour, the intent was just to do a weekly show and to interview people that we got to know initially yep. through the Twitter chats. But over time, as we were introduced to folks, as Wendy and I used to say, cool people, cool people talking to cool people, introducing cool people. That was really the whole point of the show. Yeah, love We that. were really fortunate, though, over time. Wendy decided to launch the HR Wonder Woman show where she and our friend Ann Tompkinson were interviewing uh, primarily women of color about their their time in the HR business. And then it became, we were fortunate enough to work with sponsors. And so we would do sponsor-focused episodes. We did conference-focused episodes. So there are gotcha. quite a few extras beyond that weekly. So the 250 was the weekly numbered shows, but there are all kinds of specials and the Wonder Woman series on its own. Yeah, there are quite, quite a few extras floating around out there. Oh, perfect. Yeah, because I was listening to episode 250, and I heard that, and I went, huh, what am I missing here? <laughs> I'm not that bad at math. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. Well, it's exciting. I mean, you're moving the decimal point to the left, being here with me. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just funny how the world works out, right? I'm at 25, you were at 250. I, I love it. Like I said, it's a testament to what you're doing, that you're still with it, because this is an incredibly difficult thing to do. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of work. We can call it content creation, but it is work. And yep. uh, we we know it all too well. You know it. You are, you have a much better understanding now than you did a, a year ago, two years ago, even as a listener. Uh, there's a lot to it. But like you said, when it's fun and when you're humming on all cylinders, it's it's a great 
it's a great thing you're able to do not only for yourself because you're building your own knowledge base, but you're getting other people engaged and listening and hopefully they're learning something along the way too. Yeah. And that's the goal. You know, it's uh, so many podcasts I felt like were experts just kind of speaking out their knowledge to everybody. And I really wanted this to be me not being an expert, me being one of the audience that doesn't know much learning from everybody else. And uh, it's, it's been a fun journey for sure. Now, I, can, I can remember I sent you my very first episode and I said, John, what do you think? And you, your response was, I think it's great. You need to get your audio fixed. And I'll <laughs> <Yeah>. tell you, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, talk about work. I mean, it was literally six weeks before we figured out how to get the mics and the recording and the editing and all that to line up. Like that was horrible. Did you have something similar or did you just, did everything kind of work for you? I was really, that was work. well, I was really fortunate that I was doing a podcast with other friends for several years before we launched social hour. And I, I really relied on my friend, Ryan, who was the host of that other show called star Joe's. Uh, he's been at it now for almost a dozen years and he taught me a lot and he helped me kind of put things together. The, the, the not so secret secret that Wendy and I did is that we actually practiced and rehearsed before we ever put anything out. We spent almost a month recording test, you know, test shows, interviewing my kids, just all different kinds of things to work on our pattern and our rhythm together. But then also for me to improve my skills in terms of when I started editing and, and understand, you know, having a little bit of practice as it were. Uh, yeah. It's it, like I said, I, my goal from the beginning was to, to sound as good as we can knowing full well that it's a two person operation. You know, we don't have a big, a big budget studio behind us. We didn't have anybody no. helping us with production. It was us. And I'm really proud of what we were able to accomplish in that way. But yeah, I mean, I've been really fortunate over the years to get to listen to a lot of st like per first episodes and people want feedback. And I'm like, hey, if you're willing to take honest, blunt feedback, that's what I'm willing to give because I'll listen to a show twice. And if the audio is bad, I stop. <laughs> yep. and, it, and it's a sliding scale even when you get it dialed in the internet will come at you or your guests audio will come at you and you, there's definitely some times you just got to roll with it you will uh, you will hear and see everything over a period of time in terms of that dogs cats screaming babies no those are not bad things that's life right that's the beauty yeah. of this though is if you're recording multiple tracks you can edit out things and move things around and, and pretty it up uh, as best you can but yeah, we, we had some really interesting, entertaining things along the way. And, you know, one time early, early on, I forgot to record. <laughs> we had a great conversation. John Cates, a very dear friend who's here in the Richmond area. Uh, John is one of the people I aspire to be when I grow up. Uh, John's first conversation with us was amazing. And we got to the end and I realized it didn't record. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so I, I took him out to breakfast and I apologized and explained what happened. And he was like, John, I'm happy to come back. And thankfully he came back and he, yep. he we were, it was a great conversation but yeah you know we we had those uh, kind of issues along the way and and you always will and that's the perfect that's the fun part about this it's not a perfect science yep along the way you're going to learn you're going to get better you're going to have those issues and they, and they make you better along the way you know my my big secret for years was that when we recorded with Lori Rudiman my track was gone two-thirds of the way in wow. I just stopped recording so I went in and edited myself I, I listened to the whole show and dropped myself in and nobody knew other wow. than me and Wendy until I announced it on like episode 150 or something. I, I it was when we had Wendy or Lori back. I told her what happened. Nobody had any idea that I did that. Wow, that's a crazy story. I mean, that's that's probably that's probably the hardest editing job I ever had. Yeah, congratulations because I do all my own editing and 
I mean, I don't know. I spend three hours editing per 30, 40 minute episode. Is that, yeah. is that about right? Sounds close. Yeah, absolutely. I, I get pretty OCD about the ums and the lip smacks. Like I take all that out. Like everybody's I like I different. Too much. I, I'm, I'm much like that. And you know, the, the, the cool part is there's a lot more technology available now to help with some of those things. I just always want, I had a, I had a thing, I, a sound in my head. I'm a musician by trade. I grew up, you know, I was a music major. So I have this sound just like I have the sound of an instrument in my head. I, I know what I want a podcast to sound like. Yep. And I try to make it sound as close to that as I could. But listening to yourself talk with two other people and dropping yourself in that again, that's a science I don't want to perfect. I'm glad I did it once. And that was it. <laughs> Yeah, one and done. That's a. Uh, it, it always seems to happen with. I don't want to say the big guests. All the guests are great, but I feel like it, the one big one I had was uh, Jason Averbuck. He was my first, you know, big CEO speaker keynote guest, and I caught him at HR Tech Conference before his keynote. We got interrupted because somebody was trying to find their phone, and we stopped recording to go try to find help this person find their phone, which was awesome. I like, he just jumped right into service. I was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> and then I, I don't know if I didn't record. I swore I hit record, but I lost the entire rest of the episode. And I was chasing him like, Hey, can you tr- give me another 20 minutes? And he said, call me next week. And I was like, I'm never going to get this episode done. And sure enough, awesome guy called him. We finished the episode. I spliced it all together, but I thought my podcasting was career was over. And I think episode <laughs> five, <laughs> I thought that was it. So I just want to say it again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done for the community. I called you a master community builder. I mean it. The HR community, when I was just trying to learn and meet people in the space, I found this community and your podcast is one of the first things I found. And the Twitter chat, when I just saw all these different people from all over the world jumping in and sharing and just how welcoming and and open everyone was, that made me love this space. I'm never going to work outside of the space just because I love the people in this space that I get to, even if I left, I'd still stay in this group probably, but thank you for everything you've done to build this community. And I, I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Again, that's incredibly kind. And it has been a, a real joy to see the community continue to grow and change over the years and to have, you know, w- w- as we talked about in our last episode, we were able to meet and interview 249 unique individuals for the podcast. Uh, which was way more than we ever would have imagined. But, you know, some of those folks we're, we're continuing to stay in touch with, some that, you know, have kind of gone on to do other things, maybe have gotten out of the industry or what have you, and some of them unfortunately have passed. And so, you know, I'm glad that we have these memories, these audio uh, snippets of time yeah. to remember those individuals. Uh, but, yeah, it, listen, it's it was, it's was it been a lot of fun. And I think, you know, we talked earlier about work as opposed to content as opposed to you know, really enjoying it. Wendy and I have just been really fortunate to have been able to have the time to create a community and build a community and nurture a community. And it's, it's paid back in so many ways for us. I think to your point, you know, I have learned so much as a, as an individual, as a practitioner, I would have never imagined five plus years ago when we, when we launched the chat that I would get to know as many great people, as many smart people, talented people in all these areas of our industry that I can call so many different individuals with my big Rolodex now, as one of our previous guests pointed out that we have, I've got this huge Rolodex of contacts now that, that I'm able and, and consider to friends as well, but to be able to go to and, and when I need help with things, that, that's been a real, a real joy. Yeah, that's been one of those, you said the word friends. I, I never expected to make friends listening to podcasts and doing Twitter chats. And yet there's 
all kinds of people out there. Yourself, Jeffrey Shapiro, Tracy Spangenberg. Like, there's all these people that I call friends that I I feel friends that I'm friends with. It's it's such a cool thing to be alive right now and to be able to have a community and have platforms and to be able to actually be friends with people that I've never met. I think that's the beauty of podcasting in general and why I was so passionate about getting in is that I was part of this Star Joe's community, right? This group of primarily guys, but people that were primarily born in the 80s, late 70s and the 80s, but fans of G.I. Joe and Star Wars and Transformers and Ninja Turtles and these properties that I kind of grew up and around. But it was this crazy community of people that were all passionate about it and positive about it. I wanted to do that with Social Hour. Honestly, (laughs) I I kind of had a template or a model and people that people that know me a long time know who you get is who you get. So if I'm talking GI Joe or HR or music or whatever it is, I'm still the same person. And I, I love having these different areas of interest and community out there because then they cross over. You know, when I started finding yep. out that somebody like Steve Brown is a big rush fan, rush, the band that is not rush Limbaugh. I always like to put yep. that out. Uh, <laughs> but you know, honestly, I mean, is that, that those kind of relationships, I've had more conversations about Ben Folds or rush with some people than I had about HR. And that's, that's a cool thing, right? Like we can talk shop, but we have these other interests yep. as well. And I, I think that makes it that much more, you know, you mentioned Jeff Shapiro, he's got an incredible interest in music and that's a connector, right? That's like something that you can talk all different kinds of shop, particularly when you're fan, both fans of a band like Fish. He's tried to get me in. Yep. I'm not there yet, but you know, you never know. You never know. Have you been, you got to go to a show. That's the only way. In. <laughs> it, it's the, I, I, I despised them. I was like, this is the dorkiest hippie nerd band I've ever heard. And I heard them in high school. And then I went and saw them at Madison Square Garden. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this forever. Well, thank you for saying go see them as That's opposed to takes. Taylor Swift, because I can't afford those tickets. And, you know, <laughs> Lorena Pabon is a friend of ours. Uh, Lorena is like uber uh, Taylor Swift fan. And I know she was devastated not to get tickets to this next tour. But, you know, we've talked about we when we were doing what we called the pop culture show, I would have other people on to talk about things going on in the world. Taylor Swift is the one topic that came up every year. And she wow, tried. Sure. Lorena, she's incredible. Her. Well, Lorena tried to get me into it. However, we can honestly say we made Lorena a Star Wars fan. And that was pretty cool. There we go. I might ask you for some tips to get into the newer Star Wars. Uh, actually, let's hit it now. How do I get more into the newer Star Wars? Like, do I go back and watch the old ones and then try to piece the story together? Do I look at them independently? Like, strategically, I don't know how to do it. Well, I am not a fan of the the modern stuff, the, the modern trilogy, uh, six, seven, eight, nine. It's just not my thing, and that's okay. It's not written for me. Uh, I am a big fan of live action like The Mandalorian and and the, the, the shows they have created, but I am a big fan of the Clone Wars cartoon. That if you can watch that, that bridges so much of this stuff. Okay, that could help. Yeah, the storytelling is amazing. Yeah, so if you go back and it's there's a lot. It's a lot of cartoon to watch. What they what I really like about Lucasfilm and the world building they have created is that they've taken live action people and put them in the cartoons. They've taken cartoon characters and brought them into live action. Nobody else has done that. That I'm. I mean, I can think of and yeah. at least properties that I'm a fan of. I can't really think of that much. But Clone Wars was great writing really intricate storytelling and cool stuff going on, which they have peppered into all these other things over time. So if you're trying to get into more modern stuff, I'd say watch Clone Wars, kind of see the character building there, and then check out Star Wars Rebels, which is also a really solid cartoon. A lot of the a lot of the things that, like Mandalorian, for example, a lot of that's yep. based out of those two shows. Well, see, that really helps because I didn't necessarily like the movies, the, the, the newer trilogy, right. and I went, all right, well, I'm not going to watch the shows, but you're saying... 
no, no, go watch the shows, go watch that, and it'll tie it together, and I don't have to love the movies to go back and like The Mandalorian to go back and watch. What was the cartoon? The the Clone Wars and, and Clone, Clone Wars. Wars and Star Wars Rebels are the two cartoons. And then there's okay. a current there's a more modern or a recent one that was on Disney Plus called Tales of the Jedi, which builds on Clone Wars. So if you've seen Clone Wars, there's stuff that happens in Tales of the Jedi that will give you goosebumps. If you're into it, like like we are. In fact, we talked about it on the last pop culture show. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I I grew up. I mean, we're you know we're of the age. I grew up with Star Wars. I remember the first time I saw it as a kid. It was Christmas Day. My parents <laughs> let us watch it. Yeah, and I was just like, what in the heck? This is the cool like the trash scene. <laughs> like when they're stuck in the trash compactor, like that stuck in my head forever. <laughs> like it was just so and it was so intense and that thing swimming around. I was like, all right, I've, I've never seen anything like this. You said something how they did world building. Do you think being into a lot of these big stories, you know, the world building of Star Wars, do you think that had any impact on your, even subliminally, maybe I'm reaching here, but your community building? Because I feel like you've been building this multi-layered kind of world out there through your podcasts, through the chats, through work, interlacing with your whole self, your, you know, your hobbies. Did that influence you? I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think we were going to get this deep on this show. I I don't know. I, I didn't expect to. <laughs> I, I I think it's a great question that I don't have a good answer for. I, I like I said earlier, I just have a lot of interest in a lot of things, and I and I kind of like I like talking about all these different things with different groups of people that are into those types of things. And so it's kind of funny, you know, if I'm talking about professional wrestling with some of my wrestling buddies. I was just talking to somebody a while back that did, had no idea I had an HR podcast because I don't typically talk about that with yeah. civilians for lack of a better word. Right? Cause, and it's not because HR has a bad image out there with so many people, which is unfortunately the case, but it's just like, I don't, I'm not going to talk cause that's business, right? Like I, while I enjoyed yeah. it, it, I'm talking primarily business, even though I get to know that star Wars is one of your favorite movies. I'm not talking to wrestling card collectors about, you know, what do they think about Elsa or, or FLA? <laughs> do we pronounce it FIMLA or FMLA? I'm not having those conversations. But, I, I you know, I, I've always enjoyed having a, a, just a wide, wide interest and in, in friends that were had those similar interests and then figuring out how to connect people. You know, that, that maybe you have an yeah. interest in this. How do I connect you with somebody else? And it's not self-serving or, you know, necessarily about how do I make a business connection. It really is. You, you just never know. Maybe, you know, where you went to school and I, do I know somebody else from there and do you bond over that or where you're from or that you're into Rush? Yeah. That, that's that's a fairly just or, or fish or whatever it is, you know. And so I, it's a great question that I've never really given a lot of thought to. But maybe there is something to be said for that, that it's that world building because G.I. Joe and Star Wars and all the and wrestling, they all have these layers. Uh, and, and what we do in HR has layers in terms of how we do things. Yeah. Shrek has layers. He's like an onion, but you know, see, always <laughs> good Shrek job. Yeah, you can, you had to get. <laughs> well, and, and that's what I love about the HR conversation. Like the whole person. The more you let people be who they are, the more they can connect with all the other people with who they are, and the better outcomes you end up getting with work, just with humans, with enjoyment, with life. And I, I love that whole concept. My favorite thing that came out of COVID, the whole person, the fact that people focus and talk about that. And I think what you've been doing for yourself and with everybody that comes into contact with you, I, I think that's a lesson that work is just now starting to learn, which is really cool that at least they're learning it now. It's a balancing act. Because let's face it, of course, maybe, maybe I don't want to know everything. And, and look, I I am 
I talk a lot about stuff, right? And in, in the HR world, people I work with know I do these things, but it's not, they're not necessarily real connected. And that that's purposeful yep. in some ways. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, never ashamed of anything we've done, but it's where are those conversations appropriate? And you know, there, there's a balancing act there. Cause I don't, you know, if you want to come in and just show everybody everything day one, uh, that, that no. some, <laughs> some places and cult, work cultures that may work, other ones, they're going to look at you like you're slam nuts and you just got to be, you got, you got to kind of read the room. <laughs> yeah. No, I, the only time I felt like I was, this is going to sound deep. Only time I felt like I was literally sexually harassed at work was this girl that I worked with that every morning would come in and be like, look at these video, look at this video on my phone. You know, it was like some funny thing, but like, I was like so offended and I'm a pretty wide guy. And I was like, okay, I like, I'm cool with being open with people. Like I can't look at this. Like you can't be showing me this at work. So, I mean, without a doubt, you have to draw the line somewhere. It's not perfect. But I think the world's better with us trying and trying to find a better version of, of openness. And I mean, half of my friends are still like, wait, you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, they're like, why don't you talk about it? I was like, I don't know. That's my HR stuff. Yeah. Like, You're not in HR. I'm not, I'm not going to talk to you about it. All right. I want to, we're going to take a break in a minute. I can't wait to do the uh, HR hot sauce with you. But two major pop culture topics, which we've already touched on. So I knew I was prepped right. One, wrestling. I grew up. The biggest wrestling fan, Ultimate Warrior, Brutus Bar Beefcake, Million Dollar Man, Jimmy Superfly Snook. I mean, like, you know, that whole era. Late 80s, early 90s, WWE. And I loved it. Yeah, yeah, loved it. And when you'd watch it, there'd be like five wrestling matches an hour. I mean, you'd see there was some marquee matchups. And I'm not as into wrestling anymore because now when I do turn it on and my son likes it a bit, it's like one match an hour and a bunch of people in the locker room talking like, how did that happen? Is it better? What are your thoughts on that? Because for me, I was always like, I really want to like it more, but I like the wrestling. Like smash the guys with a chair. I don't want to see you talking. Okay. So I grew up on late 70s Memphis wrestling. This was pre-WWF going national. Okay. So I grew up with Jerry Lawler when he was wrestling yep. Andy Kaufman. Like I, I was a kid when that stuff yep. was going on. The storytelling has changed. And the thing that always drew me to pro wrestling was the, the storytelling. Good versus evil. Good and bad. Yep. Predetermined. We all know that. We're not silly. We get that it's predetermined. Yep. It's not fake because these people do get hurt. No. But it's predetermined. Because <laughs> they're killing themselves. Predetermined combat, right? So that I've always appreciated that. I think what unfortunately has happened is that there are, are not enough outlets for young performers to learn how to wrestle well. And so they just learn moves. They're gymnasts. There's something mm-hmm. to be said for that. It's impressive, but it's not It's not great storytelling. And then there's this whole idea of, you know, they're, they're kind of blending good and evil or, you know, everybody's kind of gray. Well, you know, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin could be a good guy, bad guy. But that, you got like one or two of those. Not everybody, there should be yeah. some central point of conflict. And so that's why I love the old Memphis wrestling show. Good guy comes out and starts talking. Bad guy comes out and says, I don't like you. Let's fight in the ring. They go have a match, right? Three, four minutes, whatever it is. One, two, three. I'm I'm with that. But that has changed (laughs) to where now there are so many people. Let's face it. Like we could go on Indeed right now and probably see a job for WWE as 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 a writer because they have rooms full of writers that have never wrestled a day in their lives writing soap (laughs) operas. And there is a soap opera element to what we watch. I get it. 100%. 100%. But I, you know, I need a little bit of that as opposed to the great storytelling. And I will recommend anybody that hasn't watched wrestling in a long time, if you have Peacock, go check out 
WWE Network, the NXT UK matches from about two years ago. What was now he's now called Gunther, but at the time he was Walter. Walter versus Ilya Dragunov is some of the best wrestling for me in terms of mat wrestling, storytelling in the ring, people beating each other up, but not hurting each other. Whereas these other guys will flip and fly and break legs and you know almost bust their heads open because they're doing all these silly moves and they can't you know it just they weren't made to do that. So yeah, why is it? It's because there's too many writers writing soap operas as opposed to having clear cut good guy bad guy locked in physical combat predetermined you know good evil wins and you move on to the next one so if you had to pick an era that you could go back to or have forever would it be current early 2000s where i'm talking 90s or back the jerry lawler uh 70s uh style what would be your favorite if you could go to one style that's hard Mm. Because I do like a lot of the European, the English catch wrestling. Yeah. So, and I think that's where I liked NXT UK because what Ilya and Walter were doing is that more old school mat style wrestling. So somebody like a Kurt Angle, those kind of guys that uh, were, yeah. you know, mat wrestlers that a lot of them came out of the uh, amateur ranks. So Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I, I, I followed him in college. Yeah. Like I followed all those guys yeah. coming up uh, in NCAA. It, so it's hard for me. I mean, I think you, you know, you, you remember what you grew up and is probably the most fond of and that, you know, yeah, I grew up watching Lawler and all those cats coming through Memphis at the time. I met, I met Jeff Jarrett when he was, if I was 16, he was probably 18 or 19. It was like his second year in the business. I met him at a, a local, at my high school, a cheerleading team sponsored a show at our wow. high school. <laughs> we had we had uh, him and Tennessee stud uh, Robert Fuller were the were the main attraction. Uh, it was just gold. It was absolute gold. It was so much fun. Yeah, that's a night. Uh, so yeah, I yeah I I'm I guess I'm partial to that Memphis era that storytelling. And there wasn't listen. They did silly stuff. They had Frankenstein come in. They had somebody dressed up like Darth Vader. They did silly stuff. However, they took it seriously, and and this was before right. the veil was lifted, and we knew everything. People knew things were predetermined, but it wasn't documented. It wasn't. But when Vince McMahon went in front yeah. of the New York State Commission and said, "Oh, this is sports entertainment," it's predetermined. That's when the veil lifted, and things really changed. Yeah, that's that. No, uh, honestly, thank you. I asked the question because I really liked and only knew one piece, and that that gave me a lot of uh, that, that gave me a lot more perspective. I'm gonna hit you up. To send me some links so I can put it in the show notes for this. Uh, uh, Was it NXT UK? UK NX, yeah. NXT UK. There we go. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. I've got some GI Joe and I want to talk a little bit about your your actual HR job. When we get back. All right, it is time for the HR hot sauce. Could not be more excited to ask John these questions because he was in my head when I wrote most of them. John. What is the best job you ever had? Ride operator at Opryland Theme Park. Oh man, that sounds fantastic. What's the one phrase at work that drives you nuts? That's just always that's just how we've always done it. Yuck. Do you like working on rainy or sunny days? Rainy. How can someone make your day at work? A simple acknowledgement of thanks for your work. I really do appreciate it. What's your best useless skill? I have an incredibly vast deep knowledge of just archaic trivia. I think I could be easily compared to Cliff Clavin on so many topics. I mean, you, you've been around me enough to know I know a lot about a lot of things for whatever reason. That doesn't sound useless, but I'll take it. Mild, <laughs> medium, hot, or nuclear? 
hot with blue cheese. Ooh, that's a fantastic. That's the best answer ever. Favorite interview question to ask or be asked? For work, it would be talk about the most effective team you've ever been on. What was your role in it, and why? How did you make the team successful? That's right. I haven't asked this to a podcaster. That's a great, great work question. If you're doing a podcast, what's your favorite interview question to ask or be asked? One of our standards was how did you get started? How did you get started in your HR career? Or in you know, whatever business you're in, but how did you get started? I, I like I like learning people's backstories like that. Love it. And your favorite song to bring you out of a funk? Ben Folds Five Underground. That is fantastic. All right, you've done the HR hot sauce. Let's get back to the show. All right, we are back. That was a great HR hot sauce, John. Uh, some new answers there. It, it was fun because you always had your set questions in the HR social hour half hour podcast. And I definitely, I don't want to say I took from that, but it inspired me. So I tried to change oh, it up yeah. enough, but it was really, it was fun. It's fun asking you those type of questions. I, I think it's just a great way to kind of open up the guests and uh, get a different perspective. I, I always liked having that connection because again, if you, and if you're the same way, Tom, you're trying to introduce people and, and make a connection. If somebody hears me talk about what kind of hot sauce I like or what's the term I don't like at work, if I hear four or five or 25 episodes of your show and I hear everybody talking about those things or what are you listening to and whatever it may be, there, there's that connection there. Hey, hey, John, I heard you with Tom and I heard you talking about Ben Folds. I like Ben Folds. Though you're not going to get that if you just ask me a bunch of technical questions. Nothing wrong with that. But there is something to be said for that yep. relationship building. And that's, I, I, again, I appreciate you borrowing uh, all you want. <laughs> Go back and take questions now. They're, they're, they're free. They're free to the public. All right. Yeah, I wasn't sure. No, I'm not going to go do that. But that's, <laughs> that was the question. Uh, it's a. Uh... It's about humanizing. That's one of the big things we, you mentioned earlier. And a lot of the guests have mentioned that HR gets a bad rap. And it's like, oh, no. Um, I almost called this podcast, I'm Calling HR. <laughs> uh, because that, that, was kind of the, that was kind of the phrase you heard. Um, but I want to humanize. We're all people out here. You know, when I used to sell to CEOs and first started talking to a lot of these C-suite people, I'd be so nervous. And then I remember I was in an office one. And this one, I thought it was the most powerful awesome business dude I'd ever seen. And he's pecking at his keyboard with his two fingers. And I was like, oh my God, this guy doesn't even know how to type. And it just kind of opened it up to me at like 23, like people are people. I don't care if you're a CEO. I don't care if you're a billionaire. I don't care what you are, where you are. People are people. And let's try to humanize people, especially in HR, because I think it unfairly gets a bad rap. Well, maybe there's a period where it earned it. Maybe some people earned it, but Without a doubt, where HR is at now, and most everyone I speak to, they don't deserve that. So I want to try to humanize here. All right, let's play. Speaking of humanizing, I didn't know you had a G.I. Joe-centered podcast. I got a couple G.I. Joe questions for you. Okay. Nothing major. Every time I see you post about G.I. Joe, it makes my day because I grew up on that. I love it. So who would you rather have in your collection if you had to pick one action figure of these two? Gung-Ho or Sergeant Slaughter? Slaughter. Storm Shadow or Snake Eyes? Version one, Snake Eyes, Commando. Ooh, version one. Yeah, because everybody, I, I'm, I'm old enough that I had the original 13, and yeah. Snake yeah. Eyes is arguably one of the coolest characters ever, but I like pre-Ninja Snake Eyes. In fact, one of the commissions I have, because I, you know, along the way I've collected comic book art, but I have a commission of yep. Commando Snake Eyes that is one of, it turned out my friend who drew it sold it to the publisher as a cover, and it is one of the most purchased covers ever. Which is kind of fun that I own the original, but yeah, he, he, it's Commando Snake Eyes with the Uzi and the no swords, no goggles, you know, or his goggles, no visor. So yeah, V1 Snake Eyes. 
I love it. Uh, I'm going to ask you for a link or oh, yeah. a picture of that too to put in there. I'm curious now. Duke or Destro? Destro. God, I love I love you picked the bad guy. Quick kick or Firefly? Firefly. Every day of the week. When I was killed yeah, in Firefly Batman, so cool. uh, I was killed by Firefly, who's also a Batman villain. Tom King, who's the writer, is also a big G.I. Joe fan. Yeah. Really? So when he killed me. It's the same character? No, no, not the same character. Oh, okay. But, 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 but anyway, it said John Thurman killed by Firefly. And I tweeted Tom, and I'm like, we all know which <laughs> Firefly killed me. And he goes, legally, I cannot answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> all right, two more. Uh, did you ever own the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier? No, that I was uh, I was in high school by the time that came out, so I was out okay. of the, I was out of the toys. I collected the comics, collected the comics yep. through the entire run of Marvel, but yeah, I was out of the toys by then. I just found out my colleague Jay Green at People Element had the aircraft carrier. Nice. I didn't think I could be jealous of somebody from respect from their eight year old days, but lo and behold, at forty four, I can be jealous still. All right, final question. I asked you this before: Was Destro and Baroness's relationship an inappropriate workplace relationship? No, because they didn't work for Cobra. In fact, we we had some. In fact, we talked about this on Star Joe's. I just recorded with yep. them lately, and I mentioned that this is my favorite. Really, never asked me on Social Hour. Uh, you <laughs> awesome. know, Destro Destro ran Mars Industries. So, did he have to report to Mars Industries HR as the owner of the company? Did he have to really, you know, notify them that he was in a relationship with the Baroness? I, we don't know. Like, we don't know that story. But no, they were not inappropriate because they didn't work for Cobra Commander. I mean, they worked with, but not for Cobra proper and so no it wasn't inappropriate and they were all trying to get they I, I, everybody was trying to get it to each other and that that was great that like all the backbiting and backfighting in cobra was the best that's what made it so entertaining yeah absolutely everybody wanted to be in charge this that's some real workplace <laughs> that's a real that's workplace right. conversation there uh, i mean it does all fit you know i uh i was going to ask you about your career and start digging into all that i like that we just hit record and we're we're, we're rounding out 40 minutes here. Um, so I'm not going to get into HR John Thurman too deep, if that's okay with you. That is okay. That is okay. But I do want to touch on something you are doing at work, which is you've sunset, to use my uh, HR technology term, you've sunset the, the podcast, but you have a Team Fischl podcast. Uh, and I've listened to a couple episodes Tell me a little bit about that, what you're trying to do, and maybe one of your favorite things that's come from doing a podcast, but now associated with work. And is that your first time doing podcasts officially with work? It's not. Uh, actually, I had an internal podcast that we started during COVID that was just for teammates, and it was posted internally. Mm -hmm. That show changed over time. Initially, it was going to be really talking about kind of what was going on with us as an HR entity and talking about you know scholarship funds and how to interview better and, and HR topics, but then also kind of what was going on. Open enrollment. We had a you know an episode about open enrollment, an op episode about cool about CBD oils and things like that. Just all these different things. So we did that for a bit, and and it I kind of sunset that. Or back in January, December of last year, my boss came to me. Who's been, he'd listened to Social Hour since the beginning, been incredibly supportive of that venture, and he said, "Hey, what do you think about doing something like that for us?" interviewing teammates about their careers here with the company and something we could put out to the public for them to learn a little bit more about our people and how we do our work and what have you. So that launched, I've launched the voices of team official podcast back in, gosh, it was March or April of this year. And yeah. that's been a lot of fun because I, I don't know all the teammates that I interview. I, I started with people I knew just so I could have a comfort level, but then I started talking to people I didn't. 
So I think you mentioned you had listened to one with yep. Patty, who's one of our administrative assistants. Patty is out of our Dallas office. I'd never met Patty before. So, I, you know, it's it's fun to oh, cool. somebody and say, hey, Patty, you know, and I sent just like we would do a social hour. I send an interview outline before because most of the people I'm talking to, they've never done anything like this. Yep. So some are hesitant. And so it's getting them to kind of uh, be more open. And ex- obviously they're excited to share. But it's fun to see not only kind of the finished product in terms of them telling their story and help help me helping them tell their story about why they like working for us and with us, but then the fact that their family can listen to it, that, you know, they call one of the guys Mr. Spotify now because the other teammates <laughs> found his episode and they're like, hey man, Mr. Spotify. That that I was really, it. I really have been really pleased with that. And the response for what, you know, for how we've marketed it, which has been fairly light. I mean, it's been, we've had a great response and people are listening, not just in the U.S., which is cool because we are a national company. We're not international, but right. people are listening to what, what my teammates are talking about and why they like working for us and what they do and what they're, what kind of career opportunities they've had, which is, I like telling those stories. It, it, look, it's recruiting, right? I mean, it's a different way to tell yeah. our company story and help people understand there are opportunities. And, you know, the last question I ask every teammate is, what would you suggest to somebody that's thinking about start trying to start a career here? And some of the things they say, they're all different. And that's that's one of the beauties of doing just like we did social hour. You know, you, you just never know what somebody's yeah. answers are going to be. But it's their story. And I, I like to per, we like to personalize it and focus on that teammate for 10 or 15 minutes and give them a chance to you know put a spotlight on them, which is uh, which a lot of companies don't do, uh, particularly I'm in construction. Right. I, I don't know of any other construction. I'm not saying they are out there, Tom, but I don't know. them, And I'd love right. to talk to them because I just don't know other people that are doing this. And it's just a different different way to get in front of people. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was cool hearing, you know, Patty's story, 19 years, um, how she grew within the organization. Those are some of the best stories. And it's, you could just tell that Patty, like, loved being able to, like, talk about that and share it. And it was was a really cool episode. I enjoyed it. I've listened to probably half of them at this point. And uh, I think it's cool you're doing it. And it sounds like the company likes it. It sounds like it's like I said, it, it's great internally. It, it's it, it resonates on several levels. And again, imagine, you know, if you've never done this at all, and maybe you listen to podcasts, you know, when I talk, when I reach out to somebody, I always send them a link, say, hey, here's, here's the show. If you want to go listen to a couple, just to kind of understand what our conversation is going to be like. And then just like we're doing today, I'll send, you know, we set up a link, talk for a few minutes before we hit record, get them comfortable and then light the candle. And it's been, it really has been a lot of fun to do that. I didn't necessarily never would have dreamed that I'd be doing something like that with my day job. Yeah. Right. So I ask every guest this, we're at season three, we're going to mix it up. I got some new goals for this season, but I can't not ask this question because it's one of my favorites. John, what are you listening to right now? Other than me. Uh, so I, I'm a, I'm a, what the podcast industry calls a power listener. So I listen to a lot of podcasts in, in all different arenas. Uh, I listen to a lot of the HR shows. I like to hear what our friends are putting out there. But I'm really kind of a comedy junkie and nerd. That's really where I spend most of my time. Uh, the two best shows out there for me are Never Not Funny with Jimmy Pardo and the Doughboys. Uh, those those two shows, consistently funny for years. Never Not Funny is actually one of the f- earliest podcasts. Uh, it started in 2006. Really? Wow, and, and Jimmy Pardo was—he's a great comedian that has just never really hit it real big. But he was Conan's opening act when Conan was when he had the, mm-hmm. the Late Show spot at NBC, the eleven thirty spot. He was the opening act for that year that he had the show. Uh, but I've been listening to them for years, and Doughboys have been around for six and a half years now too. The thing I love about those shows—you know—we talked about community. Both those shows have built community. I, I went to see Pardo 
do a live podcast down in Virginia Beach several years ago. I took a friend who didn't really listen to the show a whole lot, but he, he was familiar. We drive down to Virginia Beach. We get there. There's 200 people in the audience and there's no producer that day. So instead of having like all the different show music, people were singing the songs. And so there's 200 people in this audience singing these silly oh. songs. And it got to the end and Jimmy said, Hey, I'm going to do photos and autographs mm-hmm. and stuff after the, because he was doing stand up set that night. Hey, I'm going to do it after the podcast. Cause we're going to get in show in late. So I'm not going to do it after the show tonight, come get pictures, whatever. One of the guys in the audience was a huge fan, was a woodworker. He had made 200 Christmas ornaments with the NNF logos and everybody in the audience got, a, got an ornament to take home. And it was wow. that he made cool. those for that show. So there were 200, you know, how many, yeah, I think he made, maybe he made 250, but he, you know, 200 people in the audience, everybody got an ornament and went home with a unique gift for being part. And the guy said, I'm doing this because you all are this community. You're part of this, you know, extended family for lack of a better word. And I love that. I just love, that's yeah, why that's I'm so cool. passionate about the medium. So I, it's podcasts and it's, it's, it is some HR, but it's going to be a lot of funny and never not funny in the Doughboys. If you can get in and really go back and listen to the lore, all the inside jokes and all those kind of things. It, yeah, it's a I'll put some links. I'll check it out. John, this has been this has been fun. This is I've been looking forward to this episode since I started podcasting 18 months ago, and finally this November I had uh, got up the guts to go. Yeah, let's see if John will jump on my show. So this is uh, this has been fantastic. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I wish you continued success again. Congratulations on 25. Here's to uh, 225 and more. Keep at it, my friend. I will. So with your podcast, it's wound down. Check it out. We'll put the link to episode 250 in your homepage in the notes. But you still have the Twitter chat. Give us a brief tutorial where to find it, what goes on there, how to do a Twitter chat so that uh, we can we can bring more people in the community. Because that's I found the Twitter chat before I found your podcast. So definitely want to try to make uh, do everything I can to keep that going. And hopefully I can show up to the next one. I want to continue to be a positive force on Twitter as long as the platform's all around. And so... The, a Twitter chat is a predetermined time and, uh, and you use a hashtag to have a conversation. In our case, we use the hashtag HR Social Hour. And the second and fourth Sundays of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern time, we'll hop on and start HR Social Hour. And the idea is that you track that tag. You can come just hang out and watch or you can participate. Every, every chat starts with the same question at 7.05 Eastern. You're going to get Q1, what's in your glass, hashtag HR Social Hour. You would then respond, A1, I'm having a Coke, A1, I'm having a water, I'm having a kombucha, whatever it is you're having, hashtag HR social hour. And we're tracking that conversation. I moderate every every session. Gosh, I think, Tom, at this point, we've had 85 or so. I, I've lost count in terms of the number of chats wow. we've done over the years. Yeah. But we will bring in guest hosts. So, for example, Steve Brown, who's been on your show, uh, has been a, a frequent guest. Uh, Christy Engler, Melanie Peacock, a lot of people that are maybe even listening to this show probably know some of the folks that'll come hang out with us and they'll co-host and we'll, we'll, they'll bring topics. So it may be, you know, at the end of the year, we talked about kind of what to look forward to in 2023. What are you looking forward to personally, professionally? You know, what would you do? Start a new hobby, whatever it is, you have these conversations and what's cool is people can contribute from all over the world. So we have people like Mandy Johnson, who's in Australia. She contributes almost every time during that hour. So it's nine o'clock in the morning. She's in the future in Australia when we're having the social hour and, and it's that kind of community building. You know, you talked about that when we started way back, it was because Wendy and I didn't go to a national conference. We started the, not at that event chat 
And we had 60 people from nine countries show up that night with like three days notice. Like, holy cow, oh, maybe cool. there's something here. And that that kind of begat social hour, which for those of you who aren't aware, we call it the HR social hour half hour because HR happy hour, who are the OGs of HR podcasting. We didn't want to confuse brand if we had to do it all over again, which we are not because we this that part of my life is over. <laughs> but if we had it started over, we would have called it HR super friends. So that's out there. If somebody wants to borrow it. You know, we the intent of that chat, though, we started with that hashtag so you can track the conversation. You can off, go off and have side conversations. And then, you know, it's an hour long. So by eight o'clock Eastern, usually there's a wrestling pay-per-view on. So I'm done because moderating yeah. is mental gymnastics because you're literally retweeting and commenting and sharing. And thankfully I load all the questions early, but you can, we'll, we'll post a blog usually a day or two before so you can see what the questions are and you, or you can answer in real time too. And, and then at the end, we'll give people like an extra day to answer because a lot of our friends overseas will respond the next morning. And then we take it all and put it into a, a wakelet, which is to recap and it lists all the tweets that came out in that time for that particular topic. That's that's a great note because that time slot doesn't always work for me. But sometimes I can jump in and feel free to jump in if you can just say hi, answer a question or two. You don't have Absolutely. to spend the whole hour. But I didn't know that uh, – I always felt bad like, oh, I'm answering the next morning or I'm answering three hours later. I'm not, not at all. helping the conversation, but no, I sh- that's, that's a great tip. So because, this is yeah, perfect. Well, uh, Nikki Hoyland, who I believe has been on your show, Nikki yeah, contributes the Nikki. next morning because she's in the UK and it's, it's late. We get it. There's no ideal time to do this. You know, we, but oh, this is, but this is us, a load off. Well, but for, for us that Sunday at seven was the best time available. And it's funny, you know, we, we started with one chat monthly and then we went to two gosh back in 2020. So this will be going on three years. We've done uh, twice a month. You know, we we talked about starting another one at a different time, but this works for for Wendy and for me. It works, and, and if you it, you don't have to come there, we've never had anybody <laughs> attend every session. Like right, like we we know that. Yeah, right. Uh, we almost missed a session once, but we were fortunate that we had friends that were hosting in our stead, and we were able to hop in late. But we were at we were at an HR event. We actually work, which again, you talk about community building. We were the I think the third or fourth highest contributor to a particular. Uh, event when we did a, a 5k walk. So like wow. we were beating Sherm chapters in terms of contributions because our community came together. To wow, incredible. Donate. It was crazy, right? Like, so this little podcast, this little community that we have gave generously to that particular event. And yeah, so we were finishing this event while the chat's starting and I'm in the back, like tweeting, I, but we, we know where anybody attend all of them and that's okay. I have definitely joined from some interesting locations uh, before. So we get that too. We get that too. But yeah, come come late. You're, you're, everybody's always welcome. And like I said, track the tag. That's that's the important thing though. Is when you answer, make sure you include the tag because if not, it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. You're just replying to me. Yep. And you don't have that hashtag. We don't know what to do with it. But then when we go back and pull the recap, you know, you could have 300 tweets from that hour. It just depends on you know the, on the day. No, thank you. Uh, thank you for taking a second of the tutorial. I, I know I've seen your tutorials on LinkedIn. They've actually been helpful for me as well. But John, tell us where everyone can find you. And then uh, we're going to end this phenomenal episode one, season three of All About HR. Where can we find you, John? You can find me at John underscore Thurmond on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn at John Thurmond. I always ask because uh, it's not my show and I, I can just keep talking. If you're going to send me an invite on LinkedIn, let me know you heard me here. Personalized invitations are really big for me because, again, I think that goes back to why do you want to initiate the relationship? And if you have the opportunity, it's it's free to do. Just say, hey, heard you with heard you with Tom on all about HR. We'd love to connect and talk more. 
happy to do that. And you can find the show. The show's not going anywhere. While there are not new episodes, there are 318 shows available to you in the catalog. That's at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com on your favorite HR podcast platform of choice. There we go. I love it. John, absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking some time for me. Thank you. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And I'll, I'll see you around the Twittersphere. Thanks. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode 1 of All About HR. Had a blast. We'll see you back in two more weeks for our next guest, Trish McFarland of the HR Happy Hour. Excited about that one, too. Everyone, have a great evening. Take care. We'll see you soon. Understand, engage, inspire, and retain your people like never before. People Elements Employee Experience and Engagement Solution delivers powerful intelligence, giving you the confidence to act. To learn how you can gain a better understanding of your employees, please visit us at peopleelement.com.